live. We clearly right. don't know what we're doing. I don't know how to change <laughs> the title. Okay, I don't see a title thing, so we're just gonna change the title later. All right. Um, so, so welcome. This, you want to do the intro? <laughs> yeah, but this is our first live. Mm -hmm. Okay, we are not. This is not editing anything. This is going straight to YouTube. To Yes. Okay, good. Odyssey and okay. All right. Well, let's do this then. Uh, so, welcome everyone. <laughs> We're going to be doing a live, and I'll just do what we normally do, which is the intro and who we are uh, and where you can find us. <clears throat> uh, welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca, co-host, teacher, and socialist. Oops, Andy Lipson is not with us. Sorry, <laughs> he is in Iceland. <laughs> on his uh, very belated uh, anniversary honeymoon that he was supposed to be on. So he is not with us. I'm with writer and teacher Jessica, and we're online at whatsleftpodcast.com. You can find that link to our site in the episode notes. You can also find our personal social media handles as at Don Eduardo Barca on Instagram and Jessica's Twitter handles as, as at jhomie89. Please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications, and share your favorite episode wherever you found this episode. Thank you. All right. Um, so it's just Jessica and myself, Eduardo, and we'll be discussing a topic that I think was got detoured in many directions because we, even though we dedicated two episodes to this this, this topic, we're going to be discussing trans issues uh, and specifically discussing a particular documentary that I, 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 that came up on my feed and I shared with Jess and I asked her if she was interested in reviewing this uh, documentary with me called Affirmation Generation. And, uh, and this time we'll delve into areas that we did not delve into in the last two episodes that we'll have links to. And if we don't have it this week, we'll eventually have the links to those episodes or you can always find it on our channel or on podcast, you'll see transgenderism part one and then part two. And we'll be delving into an area that I don't think we gave much attention to in the last episodes, did we just? No. And now that we've gotten rid of Andy, I'm excited to. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be good. I'm. How did you come across the documentary? I'm just curious. Oh, so, yeah. So let's, I guess. So I feel like I just want to have a casual conversation without yes. feeling. All right, good. <laughs> Because otherwise I get too nervous. Uh, I guess for me, you know, I, ever since we discussed the trans issue, I have been looking into Jennifer Bielik, if I'm not mistaken by her last name. I'm always terrible with last names that are maybe no, not as common. All right, good. <laughs> and and I, 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 I've just been listening to her as well as other uh it's funny, even as I say her, I'm thinking, is that her preferred? Maybe I should say Jennifer instead of saying her. But this is what I've been trained to do. And we'll discuss that further. Avoid but I, all pronouns. <laughs> <laughs> but I was listening to her and then other folks. And on my feed, suddenly, you know, you you I don't often have YouTube. I try not to be on there because I don't like to be. It's like another social media. I only go there when I'm like super stressed. <laughs> and I need to distract myself. And what came up was recent uh, Megyn Kelly's uh, just, I told you about this, this, her interview 
not interview, excuse me, her statement, what just her statement on her stance on trans, transgender, transgenderism. Yeah. And she we'll, stated, link it. we'll link it after we're, after this is like uploaded and everything. And she stated right then and there that she was, she was not going to use those pronouns or avoid them entirely and be very respectful to those that she does encounter who do identify as such, self-identify as women. And she didn't say it like that, but I don't remember how she said it. The point is, she said, I'm going to stick up for women, for girls, because I have children and I'm going to stick up for my daughter. And I've been, I have been talking and in conversation, she said she feels almost as an activist now, with other women who have been shunned or persecuted or, you know, I'm thinking of uh, Kelly J. King in New Zealand, who she interviewed, and I also saw that interview. And then she had another interview with folks from this documentary called Affirmation Generation. And I stopped the interview and I thought, I'm not going to listen to the interview. I'm going to watch the documentary. And I messaged Jess and I said, hey, uh, look, what's this? And we had a discussion and said, and I said Do you want, we, can we can discuss it since we're, we're exploring topics for this week. And Jess was like, let's do it, right, Jess? Yeah, and I just wanna note, um, this documentary, so it's pretty new, like very new, as I understand it. And I was looking at their website, and it looks like they actually changed the title of the film. So just in case people are looking for it, it was called Affirmation Generation. And it's now called No Way Back, The Reality of Gender Affirming Care. So they're, I think they're kind of doing like a re-release. It's actually going to be in theaters, I think, sometime this month. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll link it. You can, right now, the whole documentary, I think it originally was released on Vimeo, right? But it's on YouTube. I watched on YouTube the whole thing, which I'm surprised that they are allowing it to stay up. But for right. now, it is. So we'll we'll link it wherever we can find it. But it, yeah, they changed the name of it. So just in case anyone's confused. Well... Thank you for that, because I, I would have continued calling it the Affirmation Generation. Well, okay. personally, I like that title better. <laughs> I don't know. There's probably reasons why they and changed I, it. And I am seeing on Twitter that they put uh, No Way Back, the reality of gender affirming care. By the way, folks, if you see me constantly turning over to this screen, I have two screens. This is the research screen, and this is the live stream. And if you see me doing this, it's because I have one title. <laughs> I always wondered what you were doing, Jess. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, so I, I guess where we can start is I've I think you've been in this do been you've been doing the work, reading, in uh, immersing yourself. You are a woman, <laughs> you know. You've been trying to. Uh, Jess, you've been trying to fight for safe spaces, uh, protecting uh, sacred women's spaces. I guess this is, you've, you've been in, in, in this for a while. I, I'd like to know first before I just even share my own experience. How, how long ago would you say, before we dive into this, if I may ask Jess, how long ago have you been into, because I'm you grew up in a pretty liberal, environment i mean i have as well both in mexico and in this country i have been mostly in cities and yeah i lived for some time in emmet idaho but 
I, I, I think I was maybe too distracted trying to learn how to fit in. I don't think I was paying attention to trans issues at all at the time. I was just aware of it in SF, but no one was talking about it in small Emmett Idaho. So I, I guess for me, that's the question. How, where did you suddenly get this epiphany that you must start being conscientious of being uh, protecting women's sacred spaces? I saw your Instagram, by the way, and you talk about uh, fertility. You discuss things. This is a constant conversation. I think even the safe spaces you create at yoga and, and things like that. And speaking of yoga, I'm sorry, but just occurred to me there was this trans folk person that self-identified trans that was at a yoga studio and was flaunting it and made a lot of women un uncomfortable and unfortunately right now i think they're in a legal battle with um, a suit because they were discriminating against this trans-identified person which i didn't even know about but megan kelly was reporting on it and i, I thought oh I, I never even heard of it it doesn't show up on democracy now <laughs> doesn't show up anywhere <laughs> kpfa uh anyhow back to, to this question so yeah. you you are in this yeah, I think, I mean, you're making me to sound like more of a heroine than I am in terms of like fighting for it. But I mean, yeah, I grew up in a liberal household-ish. I mean, my mom's English, so I don't know. She didn't really, she's never really participated in like American politics. Obviously, this is everywhere now, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like we were stoked when gay marriage was legalized and you know, all, all that sort of thing. I will say like, I, I mean, I have never actually believed that anybody can change their sex. Um, but there was definitely a period where, I don't know, I'm, I'm so bad with like years, but I, I guess like by the time I hit grad school, it was starting to become a lot more mainstream at least in that culture it was like becoming a lot more common to go around and say pronouns at the beginning of meetings stuff like that um I don't think it was at nearly on the level of like just ubiquity that it is now but it was starting to get that way at least in some spaces so I was in Seattle starting grad school and I always kind of thought like internally like this is this is a little ridiculous um it's pretty obvious like who's a man who's a woman but i was sort of of that stance of like what does it take away from me what's the big deal i can just go along with it um and so i would just kind of like not challenge it just kind of ignore it like I, I never really would say my pronouns or anything like that but it was just I would just sort of okay like that's fine whatever you do you I'll do me and then I would say like when I started to get deeper into grad school and especially the intersection of academia and the environmental movement in the Pacific Northwest which is like I mean those two things like the most you know sort of liberal spaces you can get in some respects it started to get like much more institutionalized um I don't think I don't know if my like where I went to grad school like actually ever required that you like put pronouns in a email signature or like say it at the beginning of meetings but it was like starting to become more expected 
And so I would say there was maybe like one or two years um, in like the late 2000 teens or mid 2000 teens where I participated in it. And like when I would teach a class, I remember I taught like an environmental humanities class and like, I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm going to do this on the first day. And I like politely asked people like, okay, and, and what are your pronouns? And I remember just internally thinking like, there was like this one guy, one student who was like, sort of a, like very, very masculine, like just like beard. He sort of had that like lumberjack, like style, like, very very clearly a man and I remembered like just because the previous couple of people you know I had asked their pronouns and I kind of felt like oh I have to do it for everyone to like make it equal and so I just remember like like saying to him and your and your pronouns are, are he him and and just like hearing the words come out of my mouth it just I was like this is this is ridiculous and that I think that was kind of like the the peak of my sort of level of I don't want to say indoctrination because I don't I never actually believed that you could change your sex um but in terms of like participating in it and then yeah like 2018 2019 was when I started to like become much more enmeshed in like radical feminist theory and I started teaching feminism classes and that's when I was like I'm not I'm not doing this anymore because I started to see that it's like that whole idea of like, it doesn't take anything away from us actually is total BS. And it, and it does take a lot away from women as we're now seeing with like the escalation of it and sports and yoga studios and locker rooms and prisons and um, all of it. So yeah, I don't know. I played along for a little bit, but not anymore. I I would find myself if I were you at that time um alone. <laughs> it's like, I mean I would because I I'm thinking there's a there I'm beginning to see maybe it's just my feet <laughs> but I'm beginning I was on Tuesday I went over to have dinner with an educator from SFUSD and uh he wanted to say something around this issue, but because I identify, if people don't know, I identify, I, I really don't like to identify as anything. I'd rather not. Um, but I think what most people I, would, I label me if someone had to categorize me, it'd be bisexual, uh, pansexual, whatever. And uh, so I've, 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 I've dated women, men, and, uh, and I've also been in relationship with people who have self-identified as trans, but not, it's very, it's been very, uh, not a lot of experiences. And, uh, and I guess my former colleague was talking about the issue very gingerly because of my identity, I guess, which to me isn't my first identity. My first identity to me that comes forward, that's the most important is, being Mexican, really being human, but just Mexican culture, everything Mexican that's to me, like I think of my country more than I think of who I want to sleep with. More than <laughs> so. I think about who I want to sleep with more than I think about my nationality. That's so funny. 
<laughs> I, I don't know it to hear an SF. It's so it's such an important thing, you know. Of course, I <laughs> totally get why you. You know what I mean? And I'm like all thinking about my country, and I'm thinking about my patriotism. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so back to back to this. So I guess he was just trying to touch the subject without trying to hurt my feelings. And I and I and I was I, I I was like I know what he's trying to get at. And I said, come out with it already because I don't like any of this. Like, what are you trying to tell me? Beating around the bush. And he said, oh, I just don't know how I feel about children identifying as trans. I'm like, oh well, we just did have that conversation then. And I yeah. said, how point. Poignant is the word. Sorry, I'm always asking just for the words. Poignant? How poignant? poignant? You're always asking me, and you're always, almost always correct. Poignant, yeah. Poignant. Right. poignant. <laughs> I, I read know. a lot. I, I'm, I, the words in the vocabulary are right, right here, but I don't always feel confident using them or pronouncing it. So how point, poignant that, that here I am at this week, having gone to dinner, but also going to discuss this subject, and I think at that conversation, I think something hit Jess. I think I finally got that I'm take a stand on some issues. It is tricky for me. I'm still in transition. Like I'm in mid cocoon here, mid, like, I don't know where I'm at, you know, because there's a lot of things that I still am trying to grapple with myself. So maybe if anyone who is listening or watching viewing this might identify with me more so as someone who is considered part of the LGBT community slash T or dash T, right? Uh, and I think I have been taught a certain way here in US American uh, liberal politics. In Mexico, it's a bit different the way that trans, and I think you saw, I like, give you that uh, podcast to listen to, which I can also link. Yeah. And so I, I might just find areas where I'm not sure, Jess, if we're going to agree or not in this conversation, but there's a lot that, especially after this documentary, the conversation I've had this week with my former colleague from the school district and conversations I've been having with loved ones that I'm taking stands in areas that I'm thinking no more. I realize I'm not in, I think you know what I'm going with given the documentary title. I think it's done for me with children. I think I, especially, you know how much does I very much am protective and just so conscientious about children's development and their desire for their well-being that I have made con uh, making a very strong stance that I don't think that they should be messed or touched with in any way and especially not uh, being used as a guinea pigs by this pharmaceutical and whole medical industry uh, complex in trying to uh, mutilate our children basically that is it I say that confidently now I wouldn't have said it before um, I have felt very hesitant because as I as I and many other people keep hearing the, the, the fear-mongering or the thing if you don't and I think I even use this and maybe this episode might be for our siblings your sister and my brother just because I've been having conversations with my brother and you you also have I, maybe I shouldn't talk about that but <laughs> but I I I know that for me uh, I don't want ever a child to feel that they are not loved, accepted. Um, I, I would never want anyone to feel, you know, like they are rejected. So it touches my heart when people say, oh, if they don't get, if they don't get 
this transition, they're going to die by suicide. So I, I get very emotional if I think of something like that. So I guess for the longest time it was, this is the path for them because they have to, otherwise you, you either have a daughter, male to female, or you have a son, female to male, or you don't have a child at all. Is what I would often, even myself, repeat, Jess. And I feel that's what, you know, you understand what I'm saying, Jess, you know, that's what we're told. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was glad that the documentary brought that up of like, one, it's just not accurate that this, this right. notion then, that if you don't affirm, especially somebody really young, but just in general, if you don't affirm somebody's, um, temporary or long-term understanding of their own like gender identity that they're going to commit suicide it's not it's not backed by research in fact a lot of times when people are medicalized the depression increases for right. not everybody but for some of them their suicide risk can even increase in some cases um obviously there's serious um health risks um and consequences with that which we can get into but yeah it's and it, i mean there's a lot of parallels with the fear-mongering that we've talked about on the show with other areas like vaccines right the idea that like if you don't vaccinate your baby like you're killing them you're killing your baby or you're risking that they're gonna die um or if you don't get a vaccine um you're you're kill literally killing people um that kind of language is it's like everywhere now, you know, not just in this area. Um, and then like the whole sort of words are violence. Like I've been told that on, I don't know how many occasions now that like my opinions on this issue and my stances and, and my refusal to participate in um, like pronouns, for example, is like literally violence. Um, which is just not, <laughs> it's just not true. Right um, I understand, like, like, I actually really empathize with your friend that you were describing, like, being really kind of hesitant to, like, talk openly about this issue, because that's, I mean, I, I still struggle with that sometimes of feeling like, well, but I'm, like, I'm nice, I want to be liked, I, I don't want anyone to feel like I disrespect them or hate them, God forbid, like, that's not, no, like, it's not, it's not a personal thing um and that's why i often will like when this issue comes up like I, that's why jennifer billick for example is like one of the first people that i always encourage people to check out because she's not it's not about like demonizing individual especially young people like i completely understand why so many people are confused and why so many people are seeking out whether it's just like social quote-unquote transition or medical transition of course i mean it's everywhere it's being shoved down our throats by like every corporate power in existence on an international scale it's immensely powerful propaganda so i don't have any hate at all in my heart for like people who identify as trans i mean maybe beyond like the you know male billionaires like um we've talked about like rothblatt and people like that on the show um but you know what I have issue with is is the whole ideology and the whole just the whole construct of it and and obviously like the practices and the people carrying out these 
like mutilations as you as you called them um and I, it's just so easy for people to kind of dismiss the debate by being like well you're being mean <laughs> you know you're hurting people's feelings um which like nobody wants to do that um anyway you were going to say something and i just no 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 you're, you're fine you know, it, it is, uh, I I have, I know folks that identify as trans, uh, and I am close to one or two. Uh, one has sadly now passed away. And, uh, and even this person in, in particular had other mental health issues. Now mm -hmm. that I, as we, look at this documentary which i invite folks to do if you have been on the fence on this issue i'm i i'm choosing to speak to people who may have gone down or who, who maybe are still attached to the liberal point of view that's my folk i know last time we were discussing this trans issue uh someone was trying to attack me and like say things about me i think if you got it you got it and if you want to be that way and in your area and criticize me for still having this dialogue i think that whatever i don't care but for folks that maybe might be thinking i'm now going to be as a lot of people i'm sure are going to say i'm transphobic now that's what you're labeled as because you're not supporting trans children uh or you know i i might be critical of some people who i think are maybe using uh the trend the, the transition to a, a different gender to be able to mask other other comorbidities, is it how you say it? Or other things that they might have, for example, if they have eating disorder or they have other mental health issues and, and masking those things with saying, it's just this issue, I have gender dysphoria and I want to just change. I think as I have also been watching the debate with um, Angel Buck, who is or does identify as a trans uh, man, uh, biologically woman i'm probably going to be attacked for that but uh they uh say that there is a small percentage of people who do uh need to have that transition for themselves and and i don't think it, it at the level that we're seeing today just i'm beginning to think that well it's bad maybe i'm just catching up and i apologize but this social media obviously affects you in so many ways. I didn't know, and just by watching this documentary, that children, because they are either, especially women, are so pushed to believe that they are either to be a Kardashian or they're nothing. And if they're nothing, maybe they are not in the right boy and if they're not in the right boy then maybe they they need to change it when i liked how megan kelly said it and we'll link to that when she talked about this the tent for women are so vast it's so it's so big to encompass butchy women very feminine women and everything in between and whether you have you're a voluptuous of the type of voluptuous body or whether you are you are skinny or whether you're masculine or whether you are feminine or whether you have long hair or short hair or whatever 
to be comfortable in your skin and your body is the greatest self-empowered thing one can do and not think that one should change it. Uh, that's what I really took away with this. How much people need to find ways to find themselves, discover the, who they are. They are the, what they look like. And we're not, you're not going to be a Kardashian, which is a lot of surgeries, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always just come back to like, I mean, like, let's take your example, because you have so many amazing children in your lives or who you've had in your life, you know, like imagining, whatever, 14 year old Saul or your nephew, and like, imagining a reality where you're saying to them, like, yeah, there's your body is you're in the wrong body, like there's something wrong with your body. Like that to me is just wild to say that to anyone but obviously to a child um who feels uncomfortable in their own skin and like I mean look at the world like of course 12 13 14 year old boys and girls but especially girls like of course they want to be somebody else I mean I wanted to be somebody else when I was 13 it's really hard to be that age and now like you said it's I think it's harder today even than just 10 20 30 years ago and that, I mean, it's not a coincidence. Like the documentary talks about, um, it's like several thousand percent increase in, um, young girls identifying as boys. Um, that, I mean, that's, that's an insane stat. Like that's not, that's not like, Oh yes, it's a more accepting society, like several thousand percent increase and to have it flip with the genders too, where it used to be that, um, you know, the, the very, very small percentage of people who had, and maybe we can get into like this idea of like true trans or like true gender dysphoria that actually lasts like, um, but the majority of them were, flipped right and now it's now it's girls identifying as boys like as if we can just sort of opt out of girlhood or womanhood um yeah it's really it's really sad um but i mean what do you think about like yeah you brought up um buck angel who yeah i mean is i don't know what i say she she is maybe in her 40s 50s you know, and has identified as a man for many decades um, and has surgically altered herself. Like, and that, I mean, that's where I actually get like more like extreme kind of pushback is because I don't, I don't understand the differentiation that people like Megan Kelly and JK Rowling and Abigail Schreier and a lot of these women who have been kind of speaking up on this issue against medicalizing children against like the sort of um like mainstreaming of this agenda but who still maintain like okay there's this really small percentage of people who like are true transgender or transsexuals um and that they're somehow like legitimate but then all of these other cases aren't and i i find that to be a really I don't know. It. I. I think in some ways it's one of those things where it's like I don't know. Limited hangout. I don't know if that's the right word, but it. It sort of allows like a certain amount of pushback, but it's like they don't want to go so far as to just say like no, like men can't ever be women and women can't ever be men. Um, I don't you're know. Like, you're like uh, 
Kelly J. King. Yeah, yeah. That was I mean, she's, she's much more, I mean, whether or not you agree with her, her stance is far clearer. Yeah. Than these yeah. other people. I think I was convinced. Look, maybe I'm, as I said, and I'll repeat, I'm just going to be a broken record here. I think that this, these, these are moving issues for me. So I'm not sure if I'm, I'm finding my footing around this. So forgive me, anyone listening. You said this, or now you're saying this, or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm learning here. So I think for me, where I stand with Megan Kelly and who else said it? Abigail. Abigail Stryer's book got a lot of attention. Irreversible damage. Very yeah. similar focus to the to the documentary that we watched. Yeah. So I think that she was uh, in it. Actually, there was a clip of her talking. Oh, 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 I didn't put the face to it, but um, I was washing dishes and watching it. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> and on two speak, but I've watched it like twice because on two speak because, uh, well, I think I'll take Buck Angels position there are maybe some people who will who experience not but or maybe i don't know if i'm complaining both but dysmorphic corporal body issue mm -hmm. i know one young person in particular who i former student who has been in conversation with me um when they turned 18 and began going to school and stuff, they contacted me through social media and said, you know, you were always a great inspiration for me, et cetera, da, da, da. And, and we stayed in contact. And over time, I've been helping this person with their mental health. And we, I do a lot of check-ins. I do a lot of check-ins with my former students. And this person has had dysmorphic, uh, what is it? I, I don't think corporate, it's not body dysmorphic disorder. That I think that, mm -hmm. yeah and believed that they were shaped differently and could not go out and was hiding and could not even go out to dinner or do anything outside and was locked up basically all the time at home. Even when I myself would try to go visit uh, them here in SF, uh, they wouldn't even go out to see me because they, they, they kept in the conversation, they kept thinking about what the way I was perceiving them and their body, which I was thinking none such thing. I was actually trying to come up with questions of like how can we play a game or something or thinking of something entirely different and they kept obsessing over their body and what they what they projected thinking what i was thinking of do you understand like thinking what i was thinking about them and that's not true yeah. and what i'm saying by this is i think in this struggle with this person i believe even just this is my small glimpse into this world that there might be more people this way that are completely dysmorphic and just do not accept the way they look at all. And they may not ever be able to accept the way they look. And that means as well as presenting as feminine, whatever this in costume of what they think a woman should look like or a man should look like, they're just not going to be comfortable. They need to be into this costume in order to feel comfortable with themselves. I believe it's very rare and I was trying to look up some, I'm no medical person, but I do think there are some people just that, who like people who need to take surgeries. We think of Michael Jackson, who could just never be comfortable in the way they looked. And that might be the same for some people. They'll never be comfortable with the way they look and, it, and changing the way they look exteriorly to make themselves happy 
and to be comfortable and to not die by suicide is just maybe what they need to do to live. And I'm not saying that that's correct. That's great. That's, I'm not saying that's healthy. I'm just saying maybe that's what they, and I think that's what even Buck Angel thinks about themselves. They think, well, I'm, I am never going to be happy in that way. And this is my mental health disorder. And I think Buck Angel says as well, yeah, this is performative. That's fine to me. That's fine. And you can consider me biologically woman because I am. I am a biological, you doesn't deny being biological woman uh, and says, I'm just comfortable in this as you want to state in this costume. Yeah, I mean, I know it's some people find it to be a really distasteful comparison, but I'm going to bring it up anyway, is like, would we be okay with a white person deciding that they feel more comfortable in blackface. And there, there have been instances of this where people appropriate another race. And, and yeah. funnily enough, like, I think I've brought this up before in these conversations, but like race actually, I'm not condoning that. Obviously it's absurd, but race actually is a spectrum, more of a spectrum than sex. Um, so I, I don't know. I guess it's, and I certainly know, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Jess. No, 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 you go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I, I there was a delay, sorry. No, it's fine. I I I I want to hear your response though, because I was gonna go in a different direction. But let me just pause there. You brought this up in the last conversation we had with Andy, and I have thought about it since. And I think it's not correct for people trying to appropriate things or to make fun of or to try to switch because of it's convenient. But there are people who I would assume, I, I can't remember besides Rachel Dozel, who is very famous for doing so, but other someone's- I, I, <clears throat> There's that British guy who thinks he's Korean and he's had like all these different surgeries because he identifies as Korean, like facial, oh, no, just, it's like- I never seen that one. Oh, whoa. There, <laughs> well, there are other people. I was listening to this, book on Trevor Noah's experience, his memoir, because I have a book club that I attend to and today. And this that's week. <laughs> 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 We're live, Jess. We're live. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> and so I was thinking about uh uh I was just thinking about what Trevor Noah was just discussing in, in South Africa where uh people who are light-skinned are considered white and how mm -hmm. they act white in that society against real Africans or people who are from native or, or, you know, because they're colored, because they're black, they're mixed and they're considered white. And so they perform as white people. They're, they're, uh, they have privileges and stuff. And so I was thinking about this and I was, I think that even then there might be people who, yeah, that might just identify that and, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm mm -hmm. simply saying it might be a mental, a mental something. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to use a disorder, but some, well, something. That, that brings up such an interesting question. And to me, such a, like, it brings up an aspect of transgender ideology that is so convoluted 
and hypocritical to me because it's like, okay, if you say people who identify as transgender have a mental illness, like they're sick in their mind, that is considered like a pretty offensive statement nowadays. I think. I didn't say it like that, but yeah, <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, right. I'm not saying that that's necessarily the case, um, but that's not like PC. That's not a good like like no. accepted position. And yet we're treating this and like a lot of these individuals or at least like trans rights activists are are not only like asking for these medicalized surgeries and hormones and stuff to be accessible and accepted, but also to, that there should be covered by insurance, right? So it, it is like gender dysphoria is it's in the DSM and it's being treated as if it is some sort of medical problem. And so to me, it's like such a clash. It's like, well, if there's nothing wrong with you, why do you need these medical interventions? Or if you, if there is something wrong with you and it is a mental disorder or illness or syndrome or whatever, then why are we not treating it in the way that we treat other mental well i'm not saying that mental health care is is great in this country right like there is a lot of pharma shoved down people's throats but like we're not we're not even treating it like that like you know depression or um anorexia right which is like a body dysmorphia like we don't we don't affirm that like oh you think you're fat like yes you're so fat let's refer to you as a fat person and let's let's you know affirm <laughs> like we would never do that so it's it's confusing to me from the sort of right. medical perspective. Um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, there are, there are other examples. The only other examples I can think of where we're treating something medically when there's supposedly nothing wrong, like supposedly it's like a healthy person and we're medicalizing them. The only other examples I can think of are vaccines right? Which is a medical intervention given to people who are healthy for the most part. Um, birth control, which I have major problems <laughs> with. Um, is that it? I mean, are there other, other examples of, of this that you can think of? Like it's, it's a really, I mean, lobotomies, I think was brought up in the, in the film, right? As I mean, it's like, obviously they're not doing that to my knowledge anymore, but you know, I, it's just like, I'm confused. Like, is we're affirming something that's like a psychological problem? Like, is it a mental condition? Is it not a mental condition? Uh, tr there's a lot of euphemism of like treatment. I, 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 I think you're, I think what you're touching on Jess is that, that, that maybe, you know, that, that's the danger of even conceiving the notion that there are a small percentage of people that need to have this, this, I'll just use Angel Bucks's word because they said costume in this debate that I'll link to. And I don't think I'm going to be labeled transphobic for saying costume constantly, but, <laughs> but there is this costume that they might need, whether it's costume of a woman or a costume of a man that does percentage. That? Like, like she wants to wear overalls. Like fine, fine, sure, go for it. Overalls <laughs> and have a beard and be and be 
presentable as a male. And most people, when you look over, think immediately male instead of female, right? Like that's optically as close as possible to looking like me than looking like you. And so the, 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 the small percentage of people that I, I think that are in that very dire, very far out need to have this, this, this way of being, I think that, I don't know, Jess, for me, I think I, I don't mind making a little room in society for them. And is, as Kelly J. King said, maybe they don't have to be in the women's space. Maybe they'll just have their own space. She like, said. But, are, but would you, I mean, would you, like, I have a, a huge problem with like the idea of like a costume. I know this isn't your, this is just right. patriarchy, exactly. right? It's like, oh, like a dress and lipstick. That's woman costume. I, I don't I, really like it. But whatever, right? Like that's, I, I don't give a shit what people want to wear. I mean, no. I know plenty of guys who have long hair and yeah, probably they get like, people occasionally mistake them for a woman from a distance uh, and vice versa. Like whatever, the, your hair, your the way you dress, all that stuff. All is, this stereotypical. Stereotypes, right. But then when we're talking about, I mean, the, the, where it becomes a problem to me is invading women's spaces, which you just kind of addressed, and then the medicalization of it. Um, so, I mean, like, you're saying you, you, you think there's a certain amount of people who this is just what they quote unquote need? Like, are you, do you mean the medicalization as well? Like, would you, oh, I, don't, like, cutting into healthy flesh? I don't, I'm still trying to figure this out. No, I'm not trying to press it. <laughs> I love it. No, no. Uh, I, 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 that, I think that all of this is up for discussion. I think that as, as a collective society, I'm beginning to think as, you know, I was li listening to a viewing, uh, I keep for, because she says it for the Kelly J. King's interview on Good Morning, uh, UK or something, but she was with some other trans person in the same interview space, and and they, she was pressed and say, well, what do you do with folks like India, the, the woman presenting or person who identifies as trans person who's there, India, what do you do with India there? And Kelly J. King said, well, I'm not, I don't want to discuss, she kept trying not to discuss specifically about this person, she said in general, right, because she didn't want to attack, because she also doesn't want to be like, I'm not trying to disrespect this person, <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, if you want to feel safe and you don't feel like you can be in a male space because of what could happen to you, create your own space, but not in women's space. And I thought, oh, well, she's not entirely opposed to maybe just this other space. And I, I, I st she still obviously does not think that you can be a woman any other way. There's no such thing. You're just man or woman. I, that's it. It's very clear. But she said, but if you do feel unsafe, create your own space. Don't invade our space as women. And so I think that is maybe where I'm, I'll, that's my middle place. I think for me, it's if there are people who are in the mental health capacity to be able to only think nothing else, but that they are have to be performing in our society as something else other than what they should do, which is love themselves for who they are and what they are, 
and not worry about what people say, and no matter how much you tell this person, and they still cannot access an area in part of their area of their mind to be able to accept themselves, and they have to do this, fine. Then seek a place, or as a society, we create a space, because I'm not necessarily, I'm opposed to the death penalty, I'm not necessarily uh, for also people getting harmed in any other way. I just don't think that we should be having anybody just suddenly affirming themselves like here they are in California where I just learned by again making Kelly's recording which I had never heard of before people suddenly switching their genders last minute so that they can be in women's prisons I think that's ridiculous you know that's not what I'm for do you know uh so if someone has and you know been like Buck Angel for however long uh Buck Angel's lived they've been this way and they need a safe space, fine. Some other smaller space is available to them. And if they want to be inviting to someone who is self-identified as a man, like I, I'm a man, you're a woman, and we want to be open, they want to live, sure, we can be in that space. But I do think that there should be a safe space for what you all as women, I don't think I should be invited in those spaces for women that have the need to have that co- co-loving existence of each other's space circle you know yeah, or, or just like to not be raped right like in a prison like yeah, yeah. i mean just we're we're literally at that level like there's been rapes in women's prisons they're you know passing out yeah. condoms california women's prisons that's crazy um and as far as I mean, I think the biggest thing with the whole like there's this small minority Maybe not the biggest thing, but like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess everybody's, there's always going to be exceptions, but it seems to me like a big part of this ideology is not just the like self-expression, but the need to be affirmed, like the, the need to have other people need quote unquote to have other people participate in your fantasy and so i i mean i just wonder like even in that hypothetical scenario where like you create all these like third third spaces which i'm not i i'm not really for that because i think it i think it sidesteps the issue and and i mean it's not safe for i mean many men who consider this themselves men to even be in a male prison right i mean we could go into the whole problems with you know the incarceration system and all of that just as like one example but i mean hypothetically we create all these like third spaces and safe safe havens and whatever and gender gender neutral like third options um I am not convinced that that's really going to satisfy e even the like true trans quote unquote people who really think like really I don't know I don't know what what book angel like actually thinks I mean I've seen I don't know like I don't know she creates pornography and sells well that's where like, I disagree yeah I don't man vagina images i mean it's like there's a whole other like yeah i there's that, that, that area that i'm not i'm not in i mean it's kind of besides the point but i just like the the need to have other people especially when it comes like autogynef 
philia, which I don't think that's every, every person who's identifying as trans. I think there's a huge, huge, huge aspect of like social contagion. I do think there's overlap with actual mental illness, like depression and um, also medications like psychosomatic medications. Oftentimes like those are being paired with, you know, puberty blockers and hormone therapy and stuff like that. Um, But like part of autogynophilia, which is, which is a portion, I don't know how big it is of trans identifying people is like this need to be witnessed and affirmed and recognized as like, that costume or whatever right um and that to me is like well i'm i'm not willing to do that i'm not willing to participate in a fantasy yeah and i mean no one can i can't tell if someone is being racist towards me I, i i can't tell if someone is looking at me sexually i can't because i cannot read their mind I think this is going just to happen. We have sick people living in our world. I I once remember living, I was in Boston and I was living in, in um, I don't know if I want to talk about this. I was living in a certain area and then there was a someone who was registered as a pedophile in my area. You know, you can't avoid, there are going to be sick people in our society. So do, do, I don't think there's a register base for these people who I, I may not be able to pronounce the word just anaglyphia. Autophilia, or you can say AGP. AGP, thank you. So I don't know if people who are are going to be uh, declaring themselves as AGP. Uh, I, I, I find that sickening that people would do something like that just to please a fantasy and, and asking us to 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 involve us to participate in something like that i i find that completely disgusting i don't want any anyone to to perform in society trying to make us feel guilty about their humanity and really they're trying to make us do something that is so that that i don't i don't know how to solve that issue that's not something i it's not obviously i don't have the answers to a lot of these questions that we that are going to come up for us i i find that disgusting if anyone is doing that and forcing me if i don't know anyone that has done that to me that asked me to call them she or him or to address them as a lady or to address them as a male and simply for their fetishism so uh whether i was hired for this because when i was in sex sex work um there were people who did get off and i do remember people who did get off and it was very strange and uh, asked me to do things and i rarely rarely ever uh did some reenactment of something like that. Uh, but there have been people who have hired me to do something, or like to watch them or to role play with them or to do something. And I found it very odd and I know it exists. So I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, Jess, that's what percent. No, it exists. There's a lot of people actually who do this. And uh, and I have a even former uh, sex worker friends, not really friends, but people who I know that have been requested to do something like this for men to dress up as women and get off of this. Uh, mostly men, been mostly that's the experience at least and that we're talking on the ground. And so it does exist, so I, I do think, and I, I would find that horrible if anybody is using trans label to 
market themselves as like you are being transphobic and you're not accepting me and my human rights whatever just simply to fulfill some fetishes right so yeah. well and that, role role play is actually a really interesting term i mean yeah obviously it has like certain connotations in like the world of sex and particularly in the world of like pornography and i i mean i think porn is like a huge huge aspect of all of this um but yeah i mean like role role play you know or even like um you know all the queer theory like that is the word judith butler always uses like playing with gender and it's like well it's not it's not playful when you're talking about like cutting into people's bodies or you're talking about rape legalized or illegal like it's not it's not play right it's i don't know there's just i think the documentary actually did a really good job of just highlighting like the extent of just the euphemisms which we all know i mean they're they're in every aspect of life but it's like i mean everything from that like to like the ways that people define like the circular definitions and um you know every like treatment care uh top surgery like top surgery that means a double mastectomy right like it's one thing that they pointed out um um even like the with the medical model right like it's literally called the informed consent model that's what they call the system where you can basically go in in some states not all and you know in in Oregon it's medical consent, consent is like 15 i think um you don't need a adult or parent to sign off you can go in to a, a gender clinic and you can participate in this informed consent model where they you know they maybe tell you about a couple of possible side effects and you go ahead and you walk out with testosterone that day that's not informed consent it's not even fucking like in the same world as informed consent and so it's just i mean the language like a lot of focus now is being placed on like the word woman right and like all of this gender neutral language of course the pronouns have been a thing for some time now the capture of language is a huge huge aspect of like how this this whole ideology has been able to um like infest society i think i, I kind of pivoted from the role play thing <laughs> i don't know how i got there well about that jess um i am by the way i for anyone who is viewing i know there are five people last time i checked please uh take time to write if you have any yeah. questions that you want to ask us or something that you want us to explore anything i'm watching the the stream on my other screen and i'm seeing that there are five people watching us at this time so if you are uh wonderful and feel free to go into the chat and ask anything uh even if you disagree with us you can say it <laughs> yeah, uh, say it so, now let me pull the video <laughs> later <laughs> pull the video and he's gonna kill us if this gets taken down before he can even get it onto <laughs> iTunes and everything uh, uh, anyway we're uh, gonna say yeah 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 um uh I think it was you were saying role playing, something pornography, role playing. What else you would say? Playing with gender. 
Uh, I think when people talk about playing with gender, I'm not sure about Judith Butler's position. I, I haven't really read a lot of Judith. I just articles. Who the hell can tell what she's talking about? She's like the worst <laughs> writer ever. I'm so convoluted. <laughs> I think she what won, people... she won an award for worst sentence of the year in all of everything. There's like an oh award. People do it every year, and it's like literally the worst written sentence. And she won that award <laughs> one year. That, that so inspires. That inspires me just to to finish my book, and so if when you tell me something, well, I saw your arch nemesis has a new uh, a new. I know. Jessica. I'm okay saying this live, and I'll look back on this. Say who it is that you're speaking about. Ocean. How do you say his last name? Wong. Wong. Vong? Yeah, I don't yeah. know how to pronounce the last name, but yeah, Ocean Vong. So Ocean. we're the same age, wonderful, brilliant writer, talented, love his work, but uh, I do feel a little envious, not jealous, difference. There's jealousy and there's envy. And I don't feel jealous. I feel envious of where he's at and everything. So are you saying you want to be someone else, Eduardo? <laughs> I think that makes me human. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so back to the topic. So anyhow, yes, I also saw that manuscript. I was super pissed. Um, so they said I, they did, I got it. Sorry, I got an email from like you know I get offered like free books and stuff because people want me to adopt it for my classes, like to teach. Um, and I got like an email about that, and I was like, oh, I was like, I'm gonna. I'm going to say, yes, I want it. And then I'm going to send it to you. But you know what? They were only offering me ebook version, oh. not hard copy. And I was like, that's not going to work for me. I need the hard copy. So apparently you have to pay for that. Now it's all just digital. So I skipped. Ugh. All right. I was going to say traitor. <laughs> I was going to send it to you for your birthday. All right, back to back to gender. Yes, yes, where... yes. Uh, so just tell me if there's a delay because I see that I'm having some streaming connection issues. So forgive me. Uh, anyhow, fine. yeah, you're fine so, so far. Um, so anyhow, back to this topic. So I guess what I, I would like to state about this is whew, when people talk about gender playing, I guess. I'm not, I can't speak to Judith Butler. I'll speak for what I, what I realize now where I'm changing around this. I don't, I used to actually say something similar. Well, what about if we're just gender fluid? Or what if we are, I guess now as I'm thinking and reflecting on this and my stance before, I think I was just trying to say, I'm tired of being stereotyped that I have to be pressured to be masculine, as masculine as what's stereotypically thought of to be masculine, which is to have muscles, to look super attractive with a beard or to look, you know, and and I and I hated being boxed as a male growing up, thinking that that's what I have to look like, just and that, you know, I I may not look it now, but if people saw my pictures from before, I was I was considered before I, this was what the gay community has said to me. I never think of myself this way. I hate these labels, but some some Latino twink 
where I was very skinny. I was, I didn't have the masculine, like even now if people see it, like I don't grow a full beard as I would love to. And so I did, I would just shave it cause it would be spotty. And, and I, I had long curls before and, and I used to be very thin and it was very feminine looking. And I wished, I wished I had actually strong muscles because that's what I was told I should have. I wished I was taller. I wish I had very, a very strong jaw line, you know, but this is what I was told. I mean, you and I are pretty much of the same generation, Jess. So imagine going through MySpace, Facebook, Instagram, all these things where you are told to look that to be a man or to be a woman in your case, you have to look a particular way. And so by me saying what is gender and we should be gender fluid, I guess I was opening up the discussion for people to think about not boxing people in to to look a particular way is what males look like that's what I'm, i can't speak to judith butler but that's what i guess i now reflecting back that's what i was trying to say yeah now i realize that sounds very similar to i don't want to speak for andy but that sounds very similar to kind of what he was describing when we were talking whenever it was before about like kind of feeling boxed in by being a man like in society's eyes which it's like of course like no wonder people want to like opt out of gender or sex it's a horrible like sick culture but it's like you we went the other way like instead of being like no like fuck these stereotypes like some men have big bushy beards some men don't like they're still men and that's awesome they're both like you know same thing with women like you sleep with women, you sleep with men, you have long hair, you have short hair. Like instead of being like truly accepting and seeing this, the culture for what it is, it's like everybody went the other way and is like, well, we'll just opt out. And in, in turn, a lot of this, all of it really, I would say, and I think, I think regressive was the word that was used in the documentary, which is, which is accurate. I think that's a good word for what it is. It's like, I mean, how do you find define gender without relying on a set of just misogynistic and gross cultural stereotypes? Like, I, I don't, I don't know how to define it any other way. Like, I, maybe I don't know. Tell me if tell me if there's another definition. But it just seems like so much of this, like you know, even like a like a six year old, they're you know, six year old boy plays with Barbies, and it's like. I think a good portion of liberal culture now, like legit is like, Oh, maybe he's, maybe he's trans or maybe he's, it used to be like, Oh, he's gay, you know? And then maybe that's a problem in some, you know, more conservative um, or like religious contexts. Right. Um, but now it's like, Oh, well he's playing with Barbies. Maybe he's not even a boy. Jessica. When I was a kid, I played with sharks, dinosaurs, mm -hmm. and I played with a, with what seemed a mermaid at yeah. Barbie. Yeah, and I climbed trees and I played with Polly Pocket. Like, okay, that's like whatever. I mean, I, I don't know. What would if, I imagine if I was living in today's world, what would I, in SF, maybe not in other places of this world, but you know, what if someone saw me with that, with that mermaid thing? You know, yeah. I love the way the shark would move its fin and then the way that the, 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 the doll 
dog's hair would move in the water when I would be in the bathtub. Yeah. You know, I just love playing and, and where they were friends. And, and, and I imagine someone would have looked at that and, I, told, them, and told them, hey, uh, you might want to check in with a gender doctor or something or whatever. Yeah. Well, you know? and that's the, the whole like homophobic undercurrents. That's where that comes in too, of like. Think about that in Iran. Yeah, of like trans the gay away. It's like a lot of these young girls, I mean, some of them are just confused or they're participating in social contagion. But some of them probably, you know, just are lesbians and or bisexual, right? And and they're just expressing interest in a way that's like still, I mean, obviously we've come a little ways, but is still like gender non-conforming. Like it's still the the baseline is you're going to be a heterosexual and you're going to sleep, grow up and sleep with men, you know? And yeah, it's, it's really fucked up and it it's, it's gotten flipped, right. Of like the whole, um, like conversion, conversion camps. Right. Which is obviously a fucking like horrific thing that has even existed, um, that you would need to convert somebody from, being in love with who they're in love with sleeping with you know consensually who they want to sleep with um but it's like somehow now flipped and and to me like what these doctors and corporations and um gender ideologues are doing actually is reminiscent of that like actually they're the conversion cult um literally trying to convert girls into boys or like selling the the false promise that that is something that can be done. And in the process, you know, hurting, hurting a lot of people. I, I was thinking about when that though, I think it was two therapists who were speaking about this issue mm -hmm. that no, you're just to affirm whatever some young person tells you, if they tell you they like to be called a boy, or they think that they are, or even if they are showing some signs and they didn't even think about it themselves, you just provide them the language for, you know? I was thinking about that, you know, when I was, it's interesting, I didn't, I, I, I never identified as trans. I never had these issues, but I think by sharing this experience of mine, people will probably get what I'm trying to get at. When I was in, here in the USA, I went to school, took high school here in the USA, and and I probably said this a thousand times because it's the reason why I have this cross-cultural uh, background. I, I spent months in Mexico, came back to study late in the year and then go back and forth. But I remember being in high school and there were, there, there were, I was exposed to more uh, uh, self-identified gay boys. They were, they were seniors and they, they were most comfortable in their skin. They were very feminine acting. And I always knew there was something, and I, I've never been of that person. I've been in relationships with um, mostly women. I've never been in relation, well, I mean, I'm taking you know, my, my 30 year old self, not talking about relationships mostly with women. I was just 14. Uh, but when I was, when I, when I was, I never, when I was a kid, I never felt attracted to boys, never really, never attracted to boys. I've never felt that way. I was attracted to Olympia, and if Olympia, I send this to you, she's still in contact with me through Instagram, Olympia and Angela and 
I was a uh, can you guys name the mention the name of the documentary again? It's called uh, Affirmation Affirmation uh, Generation. Affirmation. Put it in there, Jessica. And yeah, so in the YouTube, you'll find it. Affirmation yeah. Generation. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is like I I never felt attracted to boys. I was think I developed something sparked when I was 13, only because the boys would start messing around with each other and hit each other with towels in the locker room. I mean, I don't know what that meant to me. It's like, everyone's calling me a faggot, but they're doing all this kind of weird shit in the locker room. And I'm wondering, aren't they supposed to be? <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I'm acting really, I'm I'm a look good, goody two shoes Jehovah's Witness boy. And I'm not, I'm focusing on changing and going home and all these masculine heterosexual with girlfriends and everything are hitting on you and looked comparing their sizes or whatever and i'm thinking why are they calling me faggots again <laughs> anyhow so something sparked there i don't know we can maybe psychoanalyze a different time what i'm trying to get at is by the time i was 14 and i was in high school uh i began doubting my 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 attraction okay maybe it's maybe more than this i was confused because i was like i still like women i'm not sure why i'm beginning to have fantasies in my dreams about maybe having some no worries uh, for um, some of my fantasies were growing. When I saw a nurse, because I went to the wellness center, this is what I want to get at. When I went to the wellness center and I was being paired up with a senior to be my mentor, and I felt uncomfortable, and I went to the wellness center, there was a nurse there. She took me into a room and she spoke to me and I'll never forget this experience. She said to me, you know, you, do you feel different? And I said, what? Do you, do you, do you think that maybe you might be attracted? There's nothing wrong with it. Maybe you've always been this way. I'm like confused completely. You know what I'm speaking about, right? And all these prying questions, maybe you've always known and you need someone to tell this to. I'm like, what is going on? And trying to extract from me accept that you are a homosexual, that you're gay. And maybe, and I felt really invasive, like it was very invasive. Is this a wellness center at school? Nurse, it was a nurse it's at- school nurse, okay. I'll say where too, John O'Connell High School, San Francisco, California. <laughs> this was a nurse trying to make me say something that I wasn't even aware that I, I mean, I'm still trying to find my own footing and my, the language around it. And I, maybe I wasn't even sure if that's what I wanted. You know, so what was that? And when to make not to make this story too long, by the time I was fifteen, I had said, "All right, I'm gay." You know, because it was the faggot comments. It was a lot of Spanish language, joto, maricon, all this. And I said, "Okay, fine, I'm gay." But then I started going out with a girl named Victoria, and I, I'm not in contact with her anymore, so I can't shout out. But I went out with this girl named Victoria, and people were upset with me. And they said, you can't do that. You're gay. You're not supposed to do that. How is that possible? Like, you're not. And I was suddenly confused, Jess. I thought to myself, what? But you can't, because you can't go backward. Apparently, I didn't know you couldn't go backward, Jess. <laughs> you weren't gay enough. <laughs> and so I I had a, there was a social worker that I was seeing at that time who was because of um, uh, my family background. 
and I always will thank her for ever saying this to me. She said, when because I said, I'm, I'm gay, I came out to her. She said to me, oh, she never said, you, oh, congratulations, you're finally out and made this whole hoorah-rah, whatever thing about it. She said to me, huh, maybe you might want to hold back on just saying you are. I was like, what? That was not SF liberal thinking. And she just said, maybe you are attracted to this person or that person at this time, and that might change. But you don't know. Why don't, why don't you just, how about just being you right now? What's it a lot of like? Not how old are you at this time? I was 15. 15. And she said that, and I, th I was really upset, Jess. I was upset because... I had thought that's what we were supposed to be doing. You know, you see on YouTube, especially our generation, the whole YouTubers started to come out, all this outing of like coming out videos and people are, you know, saying that they have to be accepted and coming out stories. And I read books on it as well. And I thought it was my coming out moment and I wasn't being praised. I was really upset. Just I thought here I am having had the courage to say something to someone I confided in and they weren't applauding me. They were saying, Hold your horses. <laughs> you don't know who you are and you're still in the process of figuring out who you are. Why don't we just be okay with just that? Discovering who we are. And yeah. you might, you know, and I now looking back, I realized then that was the most healthiest approach. No one was, she was not pushing an agenda on me. And when I raised my foster charge, my child, I didn't, I did the same thing. I always, I never pried, I never asked, I never forced, I never said anything about my, I simply said, exposure to enough healthy relationships, and then they will decide for themselves. It's, I'm never going to ask, do you feel this way? Are you, Megan Kelly said on the interview that, that the, her son was being asked in school in third grade, are you all still identifying as boys? Something like that. You know, Jessica? And it's like, what kind of question is that? It's not my job, because I've worked as an educator before, to be asking our children. That's like straight out of a page from the straight ideology playbook. Do you know? It's like, it's the same thing. It's two ideologies. It's the Christian Judeo straight ideology, and now this queer ideology that we're forcing people to think either you're straight or you're, you're supposed to be trans or whatever. You know, why not do what that social worker did with me? And what these therapists were saying in the documentary, I'm not going to affirm what you're saying because you're just telling me some version of what you're saying at this time of your life. And that mm -hmm. might just change. I'm not going to affirm because, you know, as you know, Jess, kids and adolescents constantly change what they're saying. So well, I'm 32 years old. I don't know. I don't I don't know what labels like. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. You know, it's like, why this need to be like? definitively i am this and i think what? you see it now like with the whole gender ideology like so many people like they it's not even like one one label's not even enough it's not like gay bisexual like it's like you have to have like a string of <laughs> that's why like, I, I mean it's like i'm polyamorous pansexual non-binary like we had a guy come into the school last week who said his pronouns were they and um they and she and he identified as trans and non-binary 
And I'm like, even inside <laughs> your own business, Oh my goodness, I better not let it. Uh-huh. How can you be both? How can you be she and they? How can you be opting out non-binary, but you're also transitioning from a man to a woman in your own? Like, it's just like, <laughs> why can't we just, I don't know. There's just a, oh, hi, Allison. It's so cool that people are watching live. Yeah, that's so sweet. We I never was going to share, sorry, go ahead. No, we never even shared what time or what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, we at the end of this, we'll, we'll maybe we'll share our plan for next week. But um, right. gosh, okay, no. we've been going for like an hour and 20, so maybe we should try to wrap yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. Soon. Yes. I was just going to share, this is a little bit of a personal one too, but kind of back on Go like ahead. body image and just um, making decisions, <laughs> sometimes like irreversible decisions. So yeah, a little bit personal, but so I, I actually had uh, breast implants. Um, I don't have them anymore. So I'm not, I certainly would not like equate um, that to like that experience to like thinking that you're transgender or whatever. Like, I don't know what it's like to be thinking that you're like as a woman that you're not a woman or as a girl that you're not a girl. But I do know what it is like to be so, I mean, frankly, like out of your mind mm -hmm. that you are willing to pay someone to literally cut your perfectly healthy body open and fuck with it for an aesthetic mm -hmm. thing. And I mean, I did this, I was like well into my 20s. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, forget about like being like, a 13 year old I'm talking about being a full-grown adult mm -hmm. who was like relatively confident like compared comparatively felt like actually like I would say like pretty confident with my body even like that part of my body it wasn't even like oh my god like I feel so uncomfortable it was just like I don't know like I just wanted to do this thing mm -hmm. and fucking went through with it and I think there's some there is a parallel there um just in in the sense of like it took me a really long time to realize like how like played I was like by the culture I mean I certainly take responsibility like some responsibility in that choice but I mean it's just like it's crazy like you were saying like you you either like you're supposed to be a Kardashian or you're supposed to be a boy yeah a boy, a boy and it's like i mean if that's like how crazy i was you know as a full-grown adult like re relatively confident relatively educated like i can't even fucking imagine being a 12 year old right now especially if you're coming from like a background of trauma or you have you know depression or you have like a broken home or i mean it's just it's just insane and yeah, like thank God that that nerd or that who is it uh, who said to you like you don't have to make a oh so, oh uh, it was a social worker social worker yeah like thank God for that type of a person who it like doesn't just like push you like do this do this um and it's just I mean I, I don't necessarily see I mean it's there's a spectrum of like 
intervention when it comes to the trans issue. Like there are some people who just socially quote unquote transition and that's as far as they ever go. Like they never actually do anything to their bodies. Um, the medical interventions, I think just like take it, they just take it to another level and, and that like can't be undone. You know, you can't unsterilize yourself. You can't like, you know, once you chop, chop your breasts off, that's, that's it. Like I was, I feel really lucky even that like I was able to, I mean, you can't like completely reverse it. Like I'm never, like, I'm always going to have scars and stuff like that. But like, at least I was able to get my shit together. And like, before it started affecting my health, I was able to remove them. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to share that as like, I don't know. I think people think, some people think like, God, you're just, you know, <laughs> you're such a bitch or whatever. Like you just don't understand what these people are going through. And yeah, I mean, to some extent, like we all have our own unique journey, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard, like growing up in this fucked up culture. I appreciate, thank you. I mean, I'm not saying you should, that's, I appreciate you always. We all, like the three of us have brought ourselves personal life here onto what's left, even Andy. As, and I appreciate that. Uh, I think that this is a genuine conversation. I, I, I I think that this whole maddening thinking about our self bodies will continue thinking even men with like penis size or you know height it's it's the way that we have constructed what the perfect woman perfect male is that I think has led us on this path that we're suddenly trying children and adolescents young people in general are now thinking that they have to manipulate their bodies in order to achieve those things do you know what I mean and uh and it and it is awful. It's awful, awful that we have to think this through, that we're not perfectly in the way that we are. I want to hopefully tell all the kids and adolescents out there. I'm not sure if they listen to what's left, but you know, if it stays on here somehow in the ether, that they are just as beautiful and how they are. And I don't ever want them to think that they aren't anything else. I think about the students that I used to be, I used to um, teach and mentor, and I love them completely, and I want them to be loving themselves. And we all have our demons. What I'm not okay with, <laughs> and here's where I think I'm, that we'll wrap up with this. If you want to find a different uh, way to wrap up, just let me know. But is where anyone will try to snatch either from the left or the right what we're saying and misconstrue it. You know, because I think this is an honest, healthy discussion on a challenging topic that to me, even having this on live is kind of giving me a little bit anxiety because I don't know what people will think and say about me not editing what I wanted to transmit. Most of the time I'm trying to edit, it's only because I don't want people to confuse what I'm saying. You know, I don't want people to take a clip from me and misconstrue it or something. And I don't know how you feel about it but i imagine that you also feel like it could be socially assassinating this kind of stuff that we're having a discussion about so i don't want anyone from the left or the right to be taking things out of context and to destroy us to be able to i i i, I think we've both been very genuine and we may have disagreements just and i'm still trying to find my footing around this but i don't want i hope that people hear this listen to this and they really do find a way to 
make sense of what we're saying, even if they don't agree, you know? Um, yeah, it's very easy to weaponize it. I mean, like, I always just feel, like, kind of lost in this conversation because, like, obviously I'm not in line with the liberal, <laughs> at least the contemporary liberal perspective. And I certainly, like, I mean, the, I'm a feminist. Like, the right doesn't typically align with, especially, like, a rad femme. I mean, that is, a, like, a leftist, old-school leftist, but leftist position and usually in terms of women's rights like there are you know like the abortion debate for instance and um you know there's a lot of disagreements that i have with the right but yeah i think it's really important i actually see a lot of um partnership on this issue i don't know i'm relatively speaking like i'm I'm seeing more like willingness of for example like rad femmes and then conservative women who like have some genuine disagreements on certain issues, but are willing to sit down and like find common ground and work together, even organize together. Um, and that's, that's amazing. Like we don't, we don't have to agree on everything. Um, but when you see something that is just really wrong, <laughs> I mean, just simply wrong, like, yeah, sometimes you got to team up with. <laughs> I, you've given me the courage to come out and have this discussion, Jessica. Aww, well, same. <laughs> Being honest. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm, and like, I think you're especially, given the position where you're at and all the things that are at stake, fighting for women's space and sake, sac, sanctity, sanctity of it is like like uh kelly j king being mobbed violently in new zealand simply for having women speak you know that yeah. to me is courage and i i'm i'm in a position as a man in a patriotic society where i can maneuver around and still you know but women are not women will be assaulted you know, attacked. Yeah, she's really, I think she's doing a really good job of like kind of exposing, you know, through her like basically nonviolent, nonviolent direct action of just like going to places and trying to speak. And she's really exposing like how insane some of the opposition is. I mean, she's like this little, like five foot British like stay at home mom <laughs> and just seeing just the force that she has um yeah she's she's amazing so she definitely gives and me I, courage and i want to be uh i hate the word ally because it's so co-opted and taken away co but i want yeah. to be an ally of women i want i think of my time as sex book that's i think what's what really spurred or made it so yeah well i triggered. consider you but i don't know you know i i, I want people to <laughs> I want my cousin, my 14-year-old cousin, to feel safe in this world who I've yeah. had live with me. I want my goddaughter, uh, my black goddaughter, who is uh, in, here in the Bay Area to feel safe wherever she's at. And and I want uh, my nephew not to be uh, told to doubt himself and just to think about playing, not to be thinking about more than what that, that he should be doing, which is to play and figure those things out as he watches the world and sees for himself and reflects and not someone imposing something onto him. And I want, you know, my 
nieces in this world to go to place and play sports, which we didn't touch on, and not to feel like they didn't have this space to the opportunity to be able to compete fairly. I don't know that that's an issue I'm I'm, I'm grappling with, but I, I, I want the children in my life and the women in my life to have those safe spaces. That to me is most important. And that's what moves me. It's not trying to be right or whatever. And I know that for you, it's mostly self-protection really <laughs> as a person. It's like, I think of you as like, you know, needing to fight for that and for your sisters. Well, I don't, I don't really even see it as like, I don't think there's really a choice. Cause it's like, we can try to run from our biology. We can try to run away and find like some opt out, like through transgender ideology or something else or money, transhumanist technology, you know, whatever, F pick your dystopian, you know, lie. <laughs> but ultimately like, if you want a safe world, if you want to actually live in a world where less people feel confused and like they want to be someone else and like they don't have the support that they need or like they're depressed and, and unhappy with their body and, you know, waking up, like just not feeling excited to be alive and in the world, well, then we have to embrace our, like who we are as humans, which it includes our sex it's one of the most fundamental things so we have to figure out how to be at peace with that and embrace it and i think when you start to do that i mean even in my own small little ways like i still obviously live under patriarchy i still live under capitalism but even just like the small lessons that i've gotten to experience on my journey and i'm sure you have you know your own eduardo like you know you mentioned like fertility like that that was a huge eye-opener for me to see to like start learning what I should have learned in fucking school in like the sixth grade about the fertility cycle and um how it works and how to be like in touch with my body and actually to have it be like this beautiful um I don't know like synergistic is that the word synergistic um like relationship to myself and and you know, some people make it a spiritual practice. Some people, it's just sort of a self-autonomy thing. And it's, but like, however you, however you want to embrace it, like that's a power. There's huge power just in that. And now it's like this magical aspect of my life. It's not like some like burden or some thing that I need to like opt out of. Um, it's, it's a gift. And I, I just think, our bodies are amazing. So how about we instill in our kids like how beautiful they are and we try to nourish our bodies and yeah, like raise people to be healthy and happy, not trying to like escape themselves. Yeah. I was just thinking as you were speaking how much we could do an episode. Sorry, I, we should probably <laughs> could do an episode on, on the women's health you know, and focus on that. And I would just love to just sit in and ask you questions or invite other women onto this space. Yeah. Uh, and then we can just do that. And then from there, like even, I feel that there is also trauma and things going on with men and why we are, you know, mm -hmm. also men, you know, I remember telling, I think I told you in the UK, there was, I was at this music festival I was working 
it was called Buddha Fields. It happens during this time in June. And I remember having to work so much because I was just trying to survive and, and have places since I go along with this circus and from music festival to music festival in the UK, from Scotland to Wales, all over. And then there was, at Buddha Fields, there were two spaces. There was one space for women and one space for men. And I was not invited into the women's space, but I saw from the outside how beautiful they had transformed this space that it was like a marquee with flowers and made into a fairy garden. All these women were, they were lesbians and just women and, and, and non-lesbians. They were, they were just, I don't know, they were just women who also were in heterosexual relationships. They just didn't have to be lesbians. I'm just saying they entered into like a lesbo island and they were doing whatever they were doing. I couldn't, I was not invited, but they, I shouldn't as well as I shouldn't be invited, but they were having that sacred sanctity among sisters to be together in whatever way they present themselves as like just how they look voluptuous, skinny, whatever, tall, short, whatever. And then there was this other place for men. And then there was, I saw on the agenda because I did go in for that one, obviously. And they were talking about being in touch with your feminine side as well as men, but also being very in touch with your masculine side. And also where do we, how do we challenge the parts of ourselves that we have that trauma, which is also the stereotypes we had to be lived with and accepting our bodies for what they are. They're not always going to be this masculine, perfectly shaped, a um, sculpture, uh, like the sculptures of Italy, or whatever, they're also going to be as we are. And we had also dramas to deal, and we were doing a lot of, they did a lot of vocal uh, chants and stuff like that. It was amazing. I don't know. I feel like I'm doing a disservice to this, but <laughs> there are these spaces for men and women so that they can heal in the fucked up world that we live in that force people to be. Stereotypically male or female. Well, I'm going I, to my first like proper women's festival in two weeks, so I yeah I will report back and uh, see if it. You should. It you should tell us. I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> should we close out? Yeah. So before you do the outro, maybe we should just say so. We're are we planning to do the same thing next week live? Yes. So if anyone is six 7 p.m. will I don't know what our topic will be, but um, 7 p.m. PST Pacific Standard Time. Mm -hmm. So we'll it'll be Eduardo and I again because Andy's still going to be gone. Um, so if anyone wants to hop on live, um, that'd be cool. Yeah, 7 p.m. next next Thursday. Oh, and uh, unrelated to what we talked about today, but if anyone's been following the couple of episodes we did about Thacker Pass. Um, really unfortunate news from yesterday. So they've been um, basically arresting indigenous land protectors there. Um, been a rough past 24 hours, I think, down there. So if anyone wants to check out the Thacker Pass, like Twitter, social media website, check out Max's coverage. Um, and I think there's information there available if you want to help uh even stuff like obviously monetarily but um because i think there are probably some of them going to need bail money um but also just like calling calling the jail calling uh whoever you need to call to just um see if we can lend a lend a helping hand in any small way that we can so yeah at the very least check out what's happening down there and um all the best to everybody thank you jess for saying that i 
completely forgot in the beginning to mention this, but I appreciate you reminding this important thing. And it's unfortunate because you and I had thought about maybe seeing going over the summer when I possibly only have dates available maybe for August, but maybe they might not be there by the time. Yeah, they, they destroyed the whole camp and um seems like the the aggression's really escalating on the part of Lithium Nevada and their cronies. So yeah, um hopefully more to come, but yeah. You wanna oh. close us out? Yes. <laughs> on that <sad> note. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Well thank you everyone who tuned in and uh I appreciate uh, even it was even though it was unannounced uh, for the various people that came in and out because I did I was watching people come in and out uh, so thank you. <clears throat> well, that does it for this week's episode. Uh, What's left is a weekly political podcast slash channel challenging the mainstream left. We post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes where we found this episode or on our blog at WestlandPodcast.com. You can, and if people are not listening to this maybe a week or two weeks later, you can always find our stuff uh, in the episode notes where we found this episode. Uh, what You can find our, our blog at whatsleftpodcast.com. Uh, you can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us. I remind folks, if you like anything you have heard here, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications to any of our, our platforms on Spotify, iTunes, Podcast, Teacher, Google Play. BitChute, Odyssey, YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram, and you can find our blog in any of those links in the episode notes where we found this episode. If you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, uh, contact us through our blog. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host Jessica, and we'll have Andy in two weeks or three weeks. Three weeks. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you all very much. All right. Thank see you next week. <laughs>